0: Welcome back to Arts About
1: Show sure About Art. That's a work of art in itself. Good morning, Mark, and good morning, Sally. Good and morning, John.
0: Good morning, Sally. Mark and John. I just introduced
1: a bit of chaos there. I quite like doing that.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah,
1: bit of chaos theory? I think we all need chaos? we all need just a bit chaos. of chaos.
0: Just Keep us off our kilter slightly. Yes, Makes right, the world yes. more interesting, doesn't it?
2: Depends on how far you go though. Yeah,
0: true. <laughs> you're listening to Arts About, which is of course brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery, and you're here with us here in the Bendigo in the Peace studios, I should say, in the Bendigo Bank Studio too, along with Artist in Residence and Cultural Sounding Board John Baird. Th- I was waiting for you to bow then actually, I don't know why. Bow. <laughs> the the thermodynam <laughs> thermodynamic marks <laughs> you. And me, Sally Bailey, hmm. for another week of...
1: I've got the best title.
0: Yeah, you definitely have the best title. That's yeah. why I was waiting for you to bow. I don't know why I'm in theatrical It's true, you boat. deserve it
1: too. You're the best. Yeah. Oh, Am I yeah. the best? You are, John. We both agree. So
0: what are you going to be talking to us about? Oh, great one.
1: I'm going to speak about The Speak. Oh. The Wreck of the Speak, uh, which is a um, surviving bit of shipwreck... Uh, on the coast of Phillip Island and uh, I want to talk about the wreck itself and what happened.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. That sounds exciting. I wonder if many of... Have you seen it? Uh,
2: No, I don't think I have.
1: Not not a lot of people have seen it Mm. and and not as many as I would have thought would be going to see it and given that the Speak when it was wrecked in 1906, was the second biggest ship-rigged ship ever built.
0: Oh, really?
1: And uh, where,
2: where was it wrecked? What beach? Which beach?
1: Uh, Kitty Miller Bay on Phillip Island.
0: Do we know who Kitty Miller was?
1: Kitty Miller was the name of another ship. Oh, was it? Mm.
0: Yeah, okay. Fabulous. And what mm. about you this week, Mark?
1: Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of wrecks also,
2: oh. as in um, Franz Schubert and uh, <laughs> George Bizet. Right. Who both um, had uh, rather difficult lives.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: a little bit about university.
0: Bizet, Bizet was a composer, wasn't George he? George Bizet was a composer Were they both composers?
2: Uh, both composers Bizet was composed of Carmen
1: The most ah, famous yes, piece Ah, yes, of course And some others And Schubert uh, his Yeah, we know one. who he is Do you know, Mark, that there's a university uh, in Ballarat Called the Federation University?
2: <laughs> yes
1: And uh, if you walk around Ballarat There's often students walking around there With the t-shirts on with F.U. written on them
0: <laughs> Everybody would want one of those t-shirts wouldn't they? <laughs> Well, I'm going to be talking to Fiona Lawell today. She is the co-director of the charity um, Artists for Kids Culture, uh, and she, the, the, excuse me, that charity raises money through the auction of paintings and photographs donated by artists themselves to enable underprivileged kids between the ages of five and eleven to experience, or five and. and, and uh, 18 I should say To experience cultural activities of their choice And this is their 25th anniversary coming up And uh, I suspect it's going to be bigger and better than ever Fun night Yeah, always a fun night And of course, as we mention each time Our cu- um, cultural sounding board, uh, John Baird Has one of his works in the hmm. exhibition So let's see if you can beat last year's price tag Well, it's
1: not up to me to beat last year's no, price tag which It's up how to much? someone else Oh, I 8, think they've got 8500 or something. Not bad though. for an old car. Huh? Yeah.
0: yeah, it's another old car too this year. Is it? Yes.
1: Mm. Repeat the 6S. What model? It's a Ford Bronco. Ah, uh, not as good as the, what was the other the Ford it was a, one? It's a S2 Bentley 1962 mm. yeah. drophead. Oh, okay.
0: There's still a lot of cultural baggage attached to a Bronco, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, and they're good cars, frankly. Are they? Yeah, I reckon they are. Mm. Yeah. I always, I've liked them. Always liked them because they have that little fan on the dashboard. They don't have air conditioning in them. They have an electric fan on the dashboard. Seriously? Yeah, <laughs> that's enough to make you love them.
2: I mean, the great thing about those American cars is their simplicity of conception, which is why they kept going for so long. Because right. they're really simple, like a Ford Falcon. They mm-hmm. just, you know, they keep the engineering simple and they just keep going.
0: Mm. Yes, little touches like that are nice. I've actually got an analog clock in my. Volkswagen. Have you? Yes. And it's a modern car. You would have paid extra for that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably got digital in the back of it, but it's actually uh, analogue in front. They're
2: trying to make you feel better about your excess diesel fumes.
0: Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, so uh, while we get Fiona Lowell on the line, I'm going to uh, play a track by Dr. John. It's called Such a Night and... um, Artist David Lowell's Extraordinary Legacy lives on with the 25th annual Artist for Kids Culture Art Auction. David founded the charity with his raw studio counterparts and this month the charity is holding its annual auction in a week or two to raise money to provide benevolent relief to children experiencing hardship. By gifting grants from monies raised each year at the auction, the charity enables children to participate in cultural, artistic, musical, sporting and educational activities. AKC co-director and widow of David Lowell, Fiona Lowell, is on the line with us today to tell us how this worthy charity is coming together for October the 25th. Good morning, Fiona.
3: Good morning, Sally. How are you? Very
0: well, thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today.
3: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Now, the charity is such a wonderful initiative and it's having its significant birthday this year. It must have raised a lot of money over its 25-year history.
3: Well, it has. Um it's raised over a million dollars um over the last uh 25 years. Um as you know, it started in 1992 um mm-hmm. with a group of three friends, which was my late husband David Lawell, um Bernie Jones and Joe Darbel, and it was just started to raise money for kids um that were in the commission flats in Fitzroy that needed paint basically. And it's grown into to um Uh, an annual art auction, which is every year just getting bigger and bigger, Um, this year especially, um, because it's our 25th anniversary and um, we're having uh, two different um, types of uh, works this year. We've got a silent auction Mm -hmm. and we've also got a live auction Um, and we haven't done that before and we're quite excited Um, about this because we get to to have more artists um, and uh, a lot of the people that are going to be at the auction get to see the art up close um, with the silent auction, which they don't normally get to do uh, with the live auction. Um, But, yeah, so we've got some fabulous artists this year, some new ones um, that have come on board. It seems to be uh, growing.
0: I think it's almost one of those events that artists really like to be involved in uh, for all sorts of reasons, apart from the fact that you throw very good bash every year and they get to see each other.
3: Look, it's it's just become so big. Um, Mm. And I do think that that artists really enjoy it. I mean, Lewis Miller, um, he's one of our committee members as well as, as, um, as a prominent artist. He always mentions that he just loves doing giving back and um, he's done a lot of workshops with the kids uh, that uh, art classes and um, he's just been a fantastic contributor so I do think the artists really enjoyed and they love the bash and they love the, the whole atmosphere of the auction um, it's a really really fun night and we raised money for such a great cause yes um, and how
0: much did you raise last year do you know
3: we raised over 120,000 staggering um which was just fantastic and um, that's one I think our, I think our highest could be around hundred forty thousand um, but we're aiming for for more this year because we have more artists and we've also got the silent auction going um, during the night mm. so I think which enables getting,
0: you to get through a lot more doesn't it
3: it does mm. and and I think that's the thing I mean there are a lot of people that actually, can't stay until the end, but it means that they can bid on works and um you know hopefully they get them um, and we've cut we've cut it down so it's not such a re- a late night uh, for a lot of people that, you know have to to work early in the morning um, it so is it we've, we've Thursday,
0: a school night after all
3: it is a school day <laughs> so, um, but we've got some really good music acts uh, this year as well oh. um, we've got uh Lewis miller's sister Lisa. um Miller and we've also possibly got a um, we've got Charlie Owen yes um, of who, course. Helps, who comes every year almost and uh, we've got another musical act yet to be confirmed but I won't say anything yet at the end of the night and um, and we've got lots of things going on during the night lots of raffles and um, we've got beautiful wine and um, do, is, and, is and, Brian
0: Dan Curvis still your MC
3: he is so Fabulous. Brian Curvis is emceeing this year as well. Well, he always makes Um, every
0: event a bit of fun, doesn't he?
3: He's such a lot of fun. And Scott Leversey will be, you know, doing the auction. Um, We've also got one of our new ambassadors, Michaela Banner, the actress. Yeah. Who's um, come on board this year and she's just been so fabulous. So it's going to be a really, really fun night. And um, it's just a great cause and... And there's some wonderful art in there as well. Yes, well,
0: I've been keeping track of it through, mostly through Instagram. Actually, Akali, you've been loading up as as each piece kind of uh, is donated, and it's been very exciting. I think you can actually go to the uh, your website itself and get uh, get a list to see them all as well, can't you?
3: You can. You can do it on um, our website, which is www.akc.org. And we've got all our um, artworks online and we will be just ready to go. We've got some really new artists at the moment that have come on. We've got Rico Rennie, who's donated this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got, you know, the wonderful John Baird, who's with you now. Yes, indeed. donate has been donating for, for many years and, and um, very lucky to have him. Um, and, yeah, so anyone that wants to come, please buy a ticket, get on board and, um, support this charity because it's, it's just a really unique thing. There's not a lot of charities around that I know of that, that work in this way. No, it's, and, a, um, it's a
0: great concept. And, um, I've seen you, you're, you've moved this year. You used to be in St Kilda, uh, yes. and have for many years been there. And you've moved now to the Park Hotel, which is on Lakeside Drive, isn't it? It is on Lakeside room. Drive. Mm-hmm.
3: We, Look, we've done it in St Kilda for so many years, and we just thought, let's do something a little bit different. We've got a great room at, um, uh, on the Lakeside park. Drive at yeah. the park. Thank you. And it's just all glass, very open, um, and it will just be a really fun night there. So, hey, Fiona, yeah, we'll... yes,
1: it's not very far from St Kilda.
3: It isn't <laughs> actually. It's kind of a stove throw. I mean, you could it walk, walk from the yet. Prince Hotel to the park room. <laughs> So it's not far, yeah. Elba Park, so that's right, it's like a 10-minute walk from St Kilda, so yeah. Um, yeah, we've stayed in the area, really. <laughs> yes. I um, think
1: um, it's worth mentioning, Fiona, that one of the things that uh, has um, pumped up the jam, so to speak, with that auction is that uh, you managed to achieve a uh, tax deduction for artists who are putting works into oh, the auction. Oh, that's right, yeah. Which is uh, something that really helps artists, and yep. uh, certain and no doubt attracts all sorts of uh, work into your auction because people can um, take the full value of their work as a deduction.
3: That's right. That's um, a very good point, point. and something that David, my my David Lawell, was always wanting to try and get through for you know the artists. Um. And we weren't able to get in until last year. So we, that's, it's great. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic for the artists and, um, and it just gives them back something at least, you know, um, which is really important. And, and it is significant because you do get, um, I guess you get bigger work. You get, you might get more significant work, um, because of that. So it, it is, it is a really good thing that
1: we we able to get it. Well, know, I, did, I noticed point. last year right. that there were there were uh, paintings in the auction that were uh, valued at ten thousand dollars and more, and uh, I think that's a good thing to be happen- happening in the auction. You know, people there are people definitely people around who want to put their hands into their pockets that deeply. Yeah,
0: yes, and, and for, yeah. A, for a wonderful cause like yeah. this, it's sensational.
1: Yeah.
3: No, yeah. no, it really is. And we have we've got um some big works this year. We've got uh Luke Scaris who's a, a yep. Sydney artist I love his um work. Scribbles, Very very fantastic um artist. And he and we have donated quite a big work. Uh we had a big one of his last year, a big one of Todd Hunter's. Yep. So Yeah, no, it's
0: great. Um, I'm just uh, reading a little list here, actually, which is listing some of them. There are some really, uh, there are some significant artists on top of the ones you've mentioned already. And John, there's Lewis Miller, who is, uh, I think you said he's on the board. Jenny Jenny Watson, Lisa Rowett, Rico Rennie. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I also saw that there's a photograph of Rennie Ellis's of of Mora that's yet to go on the website, but that's also been included as well.
3: That's right. Kylie right. just put that in the other day, which is fantastic. Um, um, we've also got um, uh, one of um, Martin Cantor's uh, photos oh. as well. We've got the jeweller Adrian Lewis has donated something this year. Um, he hasn't donated before, but he's making something um, special for oh, her, wow. uh 25th year. And uh, Lisa Rowett has, has actually made a crown. Oh, um Which is just exquisite. Um, so that was a special thing that she, she put together for the 2050 year.
0: There's Roger um, Kemp.
3: Roger Kemp, uh, Sarah Faulkner, uh, Karen Heyman.
0: Andrew Mick Taylor.
3: Garner,
0: yes. Mark
3: Schaller. Mark Schaller, um, Andrew Taylor. I mean, it's Kate Shaw, which mm. has got so many, um, you know, significant artist. And you've and also a, a,
0: I think donated one of David's bronzes a bird, is that correct?
3: I donated that, yes um, for this year, it's a really its a small uh, solid bronze piece um, that he, he did quite a number of years ago, it's very beautiful and yes, so that's, that's there as well um, So there's no end of talent
0: Smart. Sally Smart, yes that's right it's um, it's quite an extraordinary list, and th- and that's only some of them. I think you have more than sixty artists in this year, don't you?
3: We do. Yeah. Um, we've got over sixty artists. Plus, we have uh, a number of silent auctions on top of the on top of sixty. On top of it's, the
0: sixty. Oh, on wow. On top of sixty. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people participating. So, so, Fiona,
1: would I be right in saying that uh, there's also a preview, which is in St Kilda? And uh, should, and uh, so the artists get to get to two parties essentially, don't they?
3: They do. <laughs> now this is true. That's the Friday before. Let me just. Uh, it's nineteenth. thank you. That's on the nineteenth um, at Brightspace in St Kilda. Um, I think that's six o'clock. Uh the auction on the 25th starts at 7 o'clock, by the way. So, uh, but yes, that's true. We have got an opening, 6pm on the 19th at Brightspace. as a preview for artists and sponsors. Um, really, anybody can come to that. But
1: So is uh, that open during the weekend as well?
3: It is. So oh. it's open on the Saturday and Sunday to preview. Um, and all during that week... Until up until I think the twenty fourth of oh, okay. October. All right. Great. Uh, then okay. Yes, the so how do people
0: come along? How do they get tickets?
3: They can get them online. Yep. Um, would be one option, or you can buy them on the door that night. Yep. Um, we have a big capacity. Sometimes we've had smaller venues and we haven't had enough room. This year we've got huge capacity space. So um, come come along. 7 o'clock, and we'll be able to give you tickets on the door. They're $65 a ticket, Mm -hmm. but that includes drinks for night and, you know, light food um, and obviously musical acts, and you can get a great piece of art. Um, So buying it on the door or on the website, um, which is www.akc.org. Fabulous. So they're the two... Two
0: options. Well, we will, of course, make links on our Facebook page um, for that I and uh, be along there with bells on, I hope, this week,
3: this oh, next week. Well, that's very exciting and, and um, yes, we will see you there. We can't wait.
0: Thanks that's so much wait. for talking to us today, Fiona Larmel. Thank you, Sally. Thanks, Thanks guys. Fiona. See you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. Um, oh, my word. There's a phone crime alert. Uh, I think what I'll do is play a little... So uh, well, let's go to some messages from our sponsors, shall we?
1: What on earth was that?
0: That was a very obscure artist. I think he's a bit of a performance artist called... Cool. Let me just... Um, I'll have, I'm going to have to read it because I. it doesn't... Um, Holger zuke and it was a track called Persian Love. Mm. I think he's a little bit out there. I'm yeah. going to try and find out a little bit more about him, but I just came it across good. that. Yeah, yeah. It was rather yeah. nice, wasn't it? Might
2: be one of Queen's cousins. Queen, Do you think? The guy, the singer, was Pakistani. Fre- uh, Fre- Freddie? Fred, I mean, he was Pakistani. He yeah, wasn't no. Persian. No, yeah, was no,
0: no, 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 no. In fact, I don't think this guy's Persian. I think looking at his name, which is C-Z-U-K-A-Y, it looks Slavic to me.
1: Mm.
0: He looks Slavic too in the picture.
1: Right. Okay. Marcus Davison in Melbourne used to have a band that included some um, Middle Eastern musicians and uh, he used to wear a cowboy hat and a cowboy shirt and it was called the Marcus Davison Country and Eastern Band.
0: Oh, you've mentioned them before yeah. on asked about. <laughs> yes, they sound fantastic.
1: Yeah, they were good.
0: Yeah, I, I love the sound of those um, instruments, those Middle Eastern yeah. kind of stringed instruments. They're fabulous, mm, aren't they? They are
1: good. The speak... Um, uh, we've all had a bit of a look at that uh, wreck that sits on the uh, on the reef at uh, Kitty Miller Bay on Phillip Island. We had a look at that this morning. A beautiful bit of uh, rusting uh, steel and a mix of steel and iron, apparently. Um, steel being iron that's been folded and rolled and folded and rolled and folded and rolled, like a Sarah Lee... Pastry. Yes, cinnamon, apple
0: cinnamon danish.
1: mm, Iron just being uh, cast and wrought, you know, uh, without being folded. And the difference being that steel tends to uh, rust in... It delaminates
0: Right, yes So that's why you find Those flat pieces of rust That comes from things So it flakes off In
1: delaminated pieces Whereas the iron Just sort of slowly Changes colour And shrinks You know As as the rust Washes off off. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are both Of those events Going on On this particular Bit of uh, wreck On the reef And uh, that beautiful colour That particularly Because the rocks Underneath it are black And uh, the sea Very green And the sky Very blue And that the whole thing is a beautiful look. photoshopped. It is, an, look it person.
0: is a great photograph, and John showed it to us this morning. And I'm going to put it on the Facebook page if you'd like to have a look at it because it really is a gorgeous piece. It looks like a piece of sculpture, and it looks yeah. like a piece of well, sculpture by who would you say?
1: Uh, Richard Serra, maybe? No, no, no it's no. not.
0: It's the metal is Richard Serra, but the yeah. uh, the
1: shapes are more. I think it's just sculpted by fate.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, because it's got a story, you can see it There
1: is a story And uh, the speak was a, uh, at the time of, it was wrecked in on Kitty Miller Bay in 1906 And at the time it was the second biggest ship-rigged vessel ever built uh, mm-hmm. Steel-hulled and uh, 3 masted square-rigged um, And the, I read in a, an account written by the captain of it about the um, the wreck And uh, his name was Charles Watson. Mm. And uh, he says that they were heading uh, west around the Victorian coastline, uh, going to Port Phillip, going to Geelong. And uh, he uh, lined up the um, Point Lonsdale light uh, with uh, one of the channel lights and um, pointed the ship in a westerly gale and a rising tide at the rip. And uh, as they approached the rip under full sail, uh, with a couple of hundred metres off the rocks, he realised that it wasn't, it wasn't the rip at Port all. Finder. It wasn't just the and wrong bay. He'd spied the wrong <gasps> lights, and he was wow. heading for Kitty Miller Bay in the rocks. And uh, so he had the um, had the helmsman put the helm down to try and turn the ship... Uh, and this is a 300-foot-long steel ship Incredible. with a westerly gale behind it, and uh, they don't turn like a dinghy. So, <laughs> At the best of time. <laughs> it, was, it was dragging the rudder and uh, and not wanting to turn at all, essentially, until um, the bow rammed into a kind of a channel in the reef, and uh, the stern of the ship was dragged around in the sea and the wind and broke the Front of it, broke the front of it Spot. off. Mm. Uh, but he said, um, he said when the when the impact happened, the rig came down, uh, and in his words, the rig seized a popular young sailor and carried him away. So someone must have got caught up in the ropes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and they put a lifeboat over the side with four men in it uh, and that was very quickly overturned and they lost a couple of those men as well. Wow. So and of course
0: it's dark.
1: In the middle of the night, yeah. yeah. And um, so they decided to uh, wait until the weather abated on a sinking ship on a reef, and, um, which is what they did. And they got off when the weather got better and climbed down the side onto the rocks essentially. And it sat there for quite some time breaking up Until the bow, which had been broken off, was kind of washed up onto the reef where it is now, and the rest of the ship uh, was broken up and and sunk in the channels around the reef. But you can dive on the rest of it and have Mm. a look at it, and it's all underwater there. It's a lot of ship. 300, 300, feet. <laughs> 300 feet absolutely
0: it is <laughs> yes. and can you imagine what hell that would have been at night with with something like that and his realization that it was going to that it was imminent anyway or he'd made a terrible mistake how yeah. awful
1: well if you look at the coastline from the water there's a dip in the landscape there and there's uh there's a headland at either end of kitty miller bay and it do, it looks like uh, you know, Corsair Rock and Lonsdale, and the you, you can you can see how he could have made that mistake, but uh, people didn't make that mistake after he did.
0: <laughs> Gosh, no, um, I and that is really spectacular coastline along there. There's a point I remember at one end or other of, or maybe it's both of Kitty Miller Bay that is has those, those incredible basalt pillars, the hexagonal yeah. basalt pillars that are just. You yeah. cannot believe that 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 they have just been caused. I mean, it looks like crystalline structures. They're remarkable. I spent my
1: summers as a kid around that coastline, uh, and my brothers and I used to uh, go out to out near the nobbies there, where the blowhole is, and yeah. uh, have a swim in the blowhole. <gasps> We'd jump that in as the yeah. surf would carry you in and spit you out again. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. John,
2: do you have any idea how many wrecks there were, have been in, in around the Victorian coastline?
1: Uh, around Victorian coastline, a lot. Mm. Around, the, around Phillip Island, there's about 15 <clears> or 16, I think. And there's many on the west Named coast. Named wrecks. Surf, on the surf coast, they call it. Yeah, and them. there are unnamed wrecks as well. Right. So if you imagine a highway, because most of where, where ships go are... Where a lot of ships go, yeah, they they, they follow the same course. Mm. Um, if you imagine a highway with crashed trucks and cars and stuff that have all just been left there, that's pretty much what it's like underwater. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, I heard a horrible thing the other day. Apparently, um, every toothbrush you ever used mm. is still exists. Oh, I didn't think about that one. Really. Mm, horrible! Imagine what state they're in now. That well,
1: I've only ever had one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you haven't contributed that much to the pile of it.
1: <laughs> so moving on to
2: um, France, the 19th century, and yeah, again, composers,
0: enough, which is
2: um,
1: George Bizet. Yeah, who he was, was a busy man. Eve.
2: was he? Well, not so much. He died very young. He was born on twenty fifth of October, eighteen thirty eight, and died in June seventy five at the age of thirty six. Oh, it's well, his they birthday young. Up These then. people
1: don't young. Die they anymore. died
2: young. Well, I was thinking about that. in The nineteenth century. You know, when I was talking about Muzawski, how they had to drink and carry right. on, and they, you know, they're very unhealthy. I remember Vincent van Gogh complaining, "You know, why are artists so unhealthy? Why do they all die so young?" And a lot of it had to do with their lack of personal hygiene and um, drinking habits drinking habits and I mean the way we all you can do is just sort of forget every, forget our responsibilities and just go for it mm. anyway George Bizet didn't do too much of that but he was a brilliant Pianist and composer from an early age. He went to got the Prix de Rome, which do you know the Prix de Rome? No. The, it's a three-year, fully-paid um, stay in the villa of uh, a villa that the French own in Rome, oh. which is a magnificent space. and you uh, composers, painters, sculptors, writers get That'd sent there. That'd be a good gig, wouldn't good it? Geek, three mm. years, and still doing going, that? They're still doing it. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's very much um,
1: people. You have to really be French, I suppose.
2: You have to be French. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, well, maybe they're changing that I don't know But anyway, so um, He had a great time there And then when he came back to France He couldn't, uh, couldn't get any work uh, had to teach, and um, that didn't go very well, until he, he opened up Carmen. He's, he had written other operas beforehand called The Pearl Fishers, and a beautiful piece of uh, piano music he wrote when he was 17 that he never heard. Carmen was produced on March the 3rd, 1875. It was considered a complete failure, and he uh, was so depressed and upset afterwards that he died of a heart attack the age of 36 right. and then Carmen became one of the most popular pieces of opera
1: in the world well especially after the roller doors you <laughs> <have that for. laughs> do you think that that contributed <laughs> to
2: it do you <laughs>
1: yes well on
2: it goes anyway um, and Franz Hubert also died at the age of 31 mm. very young he was around the same, uh, ni- 1797 to 1828. I'm
0: sure people did die earlier in those they days. Did, yeah. No, yeah. Well, until the Second World War,
2: the um, expected life expect- expectancy for men was about 47, 32, and oh, women 47. Wow. Yeah,
1: But not everybody died young. No, not anybody. Titian literally
2: was about 88, yeah. Michelangelo as well. Anyway, um, Schubert was uh, five foot tall, never owned a piano <coughs> until the last year of his life. He composed wow. all his music on a beaten up guitar.
1: Really? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. A bit of a beatnik. Yep.
2: He used to pass Beethoven in the street, but was too afraid of his scowl to approach. Yeah. Anyway, the poor bugger was deaf and he didn't know sign language, so couldn't say much to him. Right. He used to drink coffee all morning, this is Schubert, and beer all afternoon, and was, only, was completely unknown except for a small circle of admirers, admirers in Vienna. And played one concert of his own music to critical acclaim in March, also 1828. Just before he he died, he died eight months later of uh, Ah. typhoid, completely unknown as well.
0: isn't that extraordinary? And you think, uh, you know, that the that, and it's so much to do with. With the way things communicate now and the speed with which communication Very not occurs. Because so. so. the music
2: but it's before, but what happened before with music was people would go to an opera or a concert and when they came out they'd buy the music, sh- the sheet music of right. the, uh, and they'd oh, be singing it and yeah. they'd take it home to their pianos and they'd play it to themselves. The and music
1: publishing was where the music money was. Music publishing
2: was all the money was and yes. this is where, yes. And but then they didn't, you know, the, 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 uh, the artists themselves I mean there's people like Liszt who was considered a phenomenon Paganini but they were mostly performers yes and um, I mean even though Liszt was a, a, a very good composer good right?
1: he, Liszt he his wife marry Clara Schumann yeah oh, right. Mary Schumann his daughter oh.
2: Yeah. Oh, did he marry Klaus? I can't remember one or the other, get a bit mixed up. But there was a lot of, um, if you think about it, then Wagner coming afterwards and then Debussy. Mm-hmm. And it's something which fascinates me, this whole 19th century music that we're still listening to and the, the way it's evolved into you, know, um, after Wagner was Strauss and then... Um, What's Eric Satie and Ravel, and then Schoenberg, and then after that, there's not really. We've got a lot of Australian composers who we can listen to, but who are. I I don't know where they stand in relation to the rest of the world. It's very Mm. interesting the way these things are still known, but none of us know very many classical composers, do we?
1: Uh I can't rattle them off no uh, the names uh, I like you know, I like I like listening to classical music but I particularly like uh the more recent classical music I like discordant classical music actually mm. um mm. I find it more Alarming
0: <laughs> alarming,
2: yes. I think the thing is that once you start listening to the music of your time and then you you delve into the music of the past, you realize where it 's come from. Right. That's I think right. we do the yeah. same thing with a lot of you know once you get passionate about something, you do delve into where it 's come from and, and you realize there 's a connection and you 're part of it There was a
1: great moment, i think uh, well a period of time in the early 20th century when um, classical music from people like. Who wrote *The Righteous Spring*? Uh, Stravinsky. Stravinsky. There was um, a riot over that. He was. But there was a marriage by uh, the uh, the Russian promoter Diaghilev between people like Picasso and uh, Mon, not Monet, Manet. Uh,
2: Manet, no, already gone. No, there was no. Picasso and um, uh, Matisse. Yeah, a Ma- little bit. George little, so. Braque.
1: Yeah, and the music, you know, and uh, people either loved it or hated it. Mm. Um, but the same was true of the sets that were produced by those artists. So I, it. I,
2: I think we've got to be careful about retrospective hist- hist- historos- historical perspectives and how we can, you know, we can make something look much bigger than what it actually was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Impressionists. They were it was a very small movement, hardly sure. very well known, and then mm-hmm. it became something much more afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's also something we should be careful of. But Stravinsky was a, an extraordinary composer who, who you know, wrote Firebird Suite as well, wrote some amazing um, ballets and contemporary music, but then just did you know, sort of old neoclassical stuff afterwards, considered okay. a... You know sold out. Anyway, I've got to talk about an exhibition
0: Ooh, yes, called very Perfection. Good. Currently yes, Perfection,
2: on. which is on at the um, Melbourne Science Gallery, of, it's at the University of Melbourne Science Gallery, temporarily housed in the School of Design building, behind the Potter Museum. Oh, yeah. Um, my good friend, Christopher Allen, mm-hmm. re- reviewed the show in last week's Weekend Australian, saying... This is, uh, there are a variety of displays ra- raging, uh, ranging across the fields of art and science in a way rarely seen since the Renaissance. Now, only Christopher could come up with such major statements in a little article in, in and, the, and that you believe
0: him. So,
2: no, uh, no, no, I'm not going to believe him. No, no, I, no, I can no, but, believe but the fact that he can, you know, he can write that. Yeah. lovely. But the, the Science Gallery itself is part of an international network sharing ideas and expertise <clears throat> with other nodes around the world and the many young attendants in the exhibition are all science graduates or postgraduates working in the field. It, Represent-
0: well, it sounds very interesting. So w- what, what is the work? What kind well, of work there's, is it?
2: There's, well, there's one thing from a woman, a French woman called Orlan, who I've, I've met, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> who does um, serial plastic surgery. And his, his statement is, on herself, um, demonstrates how performance arts, art can be an outlet for narcissism, exhibitionism, and masochism. Good <laughs> right. heavens.
0: She, she, uh, she's sculpting her body, oh, is her she? Her
2: face. And it's oh. terrible to see. I love the, Cindy Sherman. Well, no, not even. No, she's Cindy actually, Sherman's all actually, prosthetics. She does it really. She put, oh. actually puts stuff into her face. and all It's terrible, oh. horrible to see. Uh, uh,
0: to and, make herself look good or to make herself documents. look bizarre?
2: To make herself look whatever she can to get some attention, Gosh. I basically, and I—it's—it's it's very sort of—it's vulgar mm. in a way. Mm. It's just sort of too much about.
0: Who's herself. that woman? The American woman. She's the wife of a plastic surgeon, and she's no, turned herself into a cat.
2: Yes, yeah, so there's the her, that one. There's also Whitscombe. Oh, that's Witt, the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, who yes. his, Yeah, she just took it overboard. That's they get addicted to it. They get addicted to the table, getting Do they? yeah, and waking up to it. Um that was no. The, there's other things in that exhibition which mm-hmm. are apparently very interesting. I won't talk about them now because there's. But I haven't seen the show, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, interesting. So
1: Christopher Heathcote with his remark about uh, not since the Renaissance. Uh, he hasn't been to the NPR. I knew you were going to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he hasn't been there yet. He does get there, <laughs> right. but he only gets to Frankston, and then he, then someone has to go and pick well, him up. Why don't he we doesn't invite drive.
0: him? Why don't we well, invite uh, him and go and pick well, him up?
2: Well, look, it might be a little bit sort of. I don't know whether it'll stand up to the. I have to see the show in, in um, mm. at the you know, behind yeah. there first before I can bring him down. Yes. Hmm. But uh, there's some other interesting things like um, robots. It's all about perfection and beauty.
0: And an idea was and of. Ide- oh, of. And there's yeah, would a, a be very robot,
2: Because you know that in the, the porn industry, there's a um, uh, that, that's the robotics are very much advanced
0: in um, yes, dolls. For yes, dolls I have go, seen stories yeah. about that. Incredible. I'm yeah. um, speaking of the porn industry. Uh, did you see? Um, Oh my goodness! I'm going to forget her name now. The girl who accused Stormy Trump, Daniels. Stormy Daniels, that's right, is now feeling recriminations about having uh, f- um, body shamed Donald Trump.
2: Oh right, right. okay. Mm. I'm sure Donald doesn't give a damn. I shouldn't think. I so. think he does.
0: I reckon um, he would probably. Yeah, I, I tell you, with hair
2: like that, you can't be. You can't be too self, self. Where?
0: Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention before we finish the show. Um, both the show summer. that
1: finishes a fair way off, I'd have to oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We, and we, we, I
1: thought I might have the opportunity to uh, complete my Tales of Childhood from last week.
0: Oh, yes, by all means, with a car after, that was exploded. After
1: Mr. Front Yard episode. Yes. Oh, do we have to? I haven't finished yet.
0: Oh, it might, oh sorry, we all but butted please, in.
1: please, go on. This won't take long. Okay. My older brother had trouble sleeping unless it was pitch dark so local uh, house lights tv flickering tvs that kind of stuff he didn't like at all and it wasn't enough to um tape up cardboard all over his windows he needed it to be darker than that so he uh, he woke me up one night and he said come with me and we went out to the shed and he took the chain off my bicycle my bike <laughs> he's not stupid uh, we went down we crept down to the corner of the suburban corner where the transformer was up on the uh, lamppost and with a couple of swings of his arm he threw the bicycle chain into the air and it went up there like a stick and it laid across five cables. There was a huge explosion and a big flash of light and it rained kind of molten steel everywhere, missed us. And then he walked me home. the whole suburb just went boom, boom. went <laughs>
0: Incredible.
1: Everything went off. And he marched me home, hanging onto my ear.
0: <gasps> Why?
1: In case anyone saw us, and they would think that he was punishing me for having... <laughs>
0: <laughs> your poor mother, that's all I can say. Mm. Uh, mm. Okay. Because no, we lovely. interrupted you, sorry about Glad that. Glad
2: I wasn't living in your area, of Claude Morris. You were. I was, <laughs> further away. I was on another transformer. So I was thinking of furthering my studies at university... Oh, really? Yes, but I was a little bit concerned about the poor quality scholarship taking over the academic humanities, especially in disciplines grouped around the general heading of critical theory, yes. which I don't know if you know anything about it. Apparently, I, we no. can study feminist philosophy, yes. gender studies. I'm very interested in this one, feminist geography. Yes. Oh, I don't know if you could explain that, explain that to me. Critical. Feminist I mean geography. R- rare theory.
0: Yeah.
2: Critical, sorry, race theory, which is not about critically ill people having a race. Can you imagine what the doping must be like? And you can also study fat studies.
3: Hmm.
2: Can you imagine? And queer theory. Yeah. Right. Now, these are things you can go and you can do a thesis on, on uh, Madonna or Ma- Maria Carey.
0: Well, you know, yes.
2: But so they're opening it up, apparently. But. Um, what are you going to study? Well, I'm being an unfortunate, circumcised, privileged white white male. Yeah. Privileged white male could have its drawbacks because apparently a magazine called Hypatia which is a feminist magazine in Melbourne. Hypatia. Hypatia, Hypatia you'll remember, was a uh, Hellenistic neoplatonist philosopher, astronomer, and mathematician. A woman, an amazing wise woman,
0: yes.
2: uh, born around 370 uh, AD, and ripped to pieces, raped, and had her eyes gouged out by the Christian monks who were at the time known as the Parabalani. Oh. She put them up. They destroyed a lot of place, people and places. They were just outrageous What people. was her name? Hypatia.
0: Hypatia. H-Y. <clears throat> mm, okay.
2: Um, and so the article in this magazine was saying that suggested that students dream, deemed privileged uh, be kept from communicating in class, interrupted when they spoke, and invited to sit on the floor or to wear chains around their shoulders, wrists, and ankles for the duration of the course. <laughs> so I'm a little bit hesitant. Students yeah, who complain will be told that yeah. this educational tool helps them confront confront privilege fragility Hmm.
0: yeah well look you know this is the big lesson for all you privileged white males out there is you're just going to have to sit down and bear this for a little while because it's been going on for far too long in the opposite direction just shut up don't say anything about it it will be over and things will change there will be a slow evolution social evolution and it won't hurt so much
2: is shut up
3: (laughs) never no All right, well, look,
0: before we go, thank you very much, Mark. Before we go, I just wanted to bring up, coming up on uh, the... the, Saturday, October the 13th, which is next Saturday, is the event. We've spoken about it before. It's at McCulloch and McCulloch's Whistlewood, and they've got much pleasure in inviting you, along with Kalang Retreat to Collective Spirit, which is a First Nation poetry reading. Uh, apparently, uh, it, you can join Ali Cobbie Eckerman as she introduces three Indigenous poets, Monica Caro, Emily Munro Harrison, and Ryan Prain, who are going to read new work that's... In English been, or in... Uh, in English, that's been created uh, um, through a seven-day um, creative development residency at Kalang Retreat, which is in Summers. and I think they're doing it uh, probably now as we speak, and the resultant work will be at this um, exhibition uh, or at this opening, Saturday, October the 13th, during the late afternoon at Whistlewood. So go on to their website, Whistlewood's website, and I think you can book there.
1: Take and your the, own change mode. Yes.
0: And the other thing that, that they're doing <laughs> is that they've got an exhibition called "My Country at Salt. Uh, which I and I think they've had an artist. They've had uh, uh, Susan speaking about it, but that runs through until the twenty eighth of October.
2: How about Erwin Malley's poetry? Well,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, that worked, didn't that it? That worked, didn't it? Yeah.
2: And, the, and the two guys you did it: Harold
1: Stewart and James Macaulay.
2: Have you read any? Did they do anything else? Uh,
1: okay. No, they but they were poets, of course. They were uh, okay, um, uh, but their their own poetry never reach the heights of yeah, made-up poetry. I don't know it's brilliant. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well, look. You know what? If that's um, that's the end of the show.